Well, hey, Cam, how's it going, sir? I'm well, Mitch. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the, the fall allergy season is kicking my tail, but. Uh, that's no fun. You know, you get that thing where it's like you're just your head is cloudy. My arthritis kicks in, too. Yeah, I've got that already. That's fun. <laughs> so I have I've had so much pain in my feet from arthritis lately that it's just gosh, I I just want a different job right now because it hurts too much. Understandable. But hey man, we're uh we're on episode ten. Really? I hadn't <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> that that might be like a not a big deal for some uh for some podcasts, but uh we made it to ten, dude double digits baby for for 20 weeks now uh we've been uh, recording so and of course uh when reconcilable differences started uh we were we we talked a little bit you did listen to a little bit of that uh but that's uh merlin man and john syracuse john would not do this this podcast with uh with merlin uh, he didn't want to do the podcast with merlin so he had he had initially said that he would do 10 episodes and see how things went, but he gave himself an out of 10 episodes. So we have reached the rectifs threshold. So, so does this mean that you're quitting the show? I'm not quitting the show. Are you quitting the show? Um, wasn't planning on it. All right. Well then we're good. We're, we've, we've uh, surpassed the rectifs threshold. So, <laughs> Very good. That's I don't know if that's really a thing, but uh, but I'm going to be excited about that. All right, man. Well, there's two things I want to talk about with you that uh, we you know we've talked about on the show already that you've got uh, the AirPods Pro and uh, we we were excited about the spatial audio and the device switching stuff. Uh-huh. And also you have your Apple Watch now, right? I do. OK, so first off, with the AirPods Pro, have you had an opportunity to really play with some of the new features? Um, so I, I tried to do the spatial audio with Ted Lasso, um, but I was watching it on my Apple TV and I don't know if the spatial audio works with the Apple TV. I thought it did, but cause that makes sense that it should, but I didn't notice any difference. And that's one of the shows that theoretically has it built in. So I tried yeah. it on my phone and I still couldn't notice the difference when I would like turn, you know, like I even went and walked around the house. You know, left my phone on on the uh, coffee table and did a lap around my house, and I didn't notice the audio significant, like, changing at all, which mm-hmm. is super weird. And then the device switching has never worked for me. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but neither of those features have worked for me, and I, I don't know why. So... The device switching, I noticed, uh, doesn't seem to work with the Apple TV. And and I don't know if that's... Right, but even like from my... Promised or not? From my phone to my iPad. That I've gotten to work a little bit. Um, And I'm not sure... I don't know. I I switched over to my iPad at one point. The audio switched over. I switched back to my phone. Audio switched back to my phone. And then that's like, I think, the only time I've really gotten that to work. So... Like, let's, let's talk about the, the practicality of, like, how this actually works. Mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast on Overcast on my phone. And then do I leave the audio playing and then go over to my iPad and, like, open the music app and play a song on my iPad? Or do I have to stop the audio on my phone 
and then start it on my iPad, and then it will un it will know. Oh, AirPods will switch over to the iPad. Like, how does it? What are the steps you have to take to actually do it? Because I'm doing something wrong. Well, I would think that uh, that if you have audio playing on one device and you switch over to another device, and the audio is still playing on the first device, I don't think it's going to switch. So you have to stop the audio on the first one before you start it on the second one. That would be my my uh, my thought because you know otherwise, if you're sitting and listening to a podcast on your on your phone, and you're you go into Instagram on your iPad, like even though they don't have an app, you you go in there and maybe switch switch by or maybe Facebook, and there's audio in something on Facebook. All of a sudden, it pulls the audio over to your your uh, iPad. I think that would get frustrating. You know, if there was an accidental audio thing, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that would get a little frustrating. So I would think that if I were to create this feature, that's the way I would want it to work. Uh, So, yeah, I would think you'd have to stop the podcast on the one to listen to music on the other one. So Mm. I'll have to give it more. uh, Some more tries later Mm -hmm. today. So, yeah, the device switching, I think, is just it's something that uh, I don't know. It's going to be fiddly, I think, because there's so many different uh, scenarios that could happen that I'm not sure if it's going to work 100 percent of the way that people want it to work. Yeah, that that was kind of after the initial like, oh, that's super cool. I can't wait to try that out. Like after that died down, I I started thinking about like practicality, like everyday situations. And I was like. It's gonna be really hard for it to know when it should and when it shouldn't. But if you if, yeah. if the if the cue is stop what I'm doing on this device, pick up another device and start interacting with the other device, that's a lot cleaner. So I think you're yeah. right, and that's the best way um, mm-hmm. for it to be designed because it will eliminate the most, you know, false positives. Right. I think it. I think the uh, the one thing you want to do is mitigate that. Oh shoot! Now I just want to go into the settings and turn this off. Yeah, because it's frustrating. So, for sure, the space, the spatial audio thing. Um, my understanding of spatial audio that it was going to provide some kind of like five point one surround sound kind of experience. I haven't been able to get that, but I was sitting on the couch. Was it last Monday or last Tuesday morning? I know that because I was watching uh, Raw on my phone. WWE Raw, yes, wrestling. Yeah, brother. If you're listening to the podcast, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast and you don't know that we're a couple of wrestling wrestling nuts, yeah. But I was sitting there watching it, and I heard my wife say something, and I glanced over to her, and I had my AirPods in watching it on my phone, and all of a sudden, I realized I could only hear it in my right ear. And then I turned my head back to the phone, and all of a sudden, I could hear it in both ears. What, uh, what app were you and watching I, it on? Um, Hulu. Okay. But all of a sudden I realized as I turned my head back and forth, I could, it was moving from one ear to the other. And I was realizing, oh shoot, the, it knows where the phone is. So it's making the, making it so that I'm hearing the sound from the phone. Yeah. Almost like it was playing out loud, which I did double check that that it was not playing out loud. (laughs) Um, I, I thought, you know, cause I had transparency mode on too. So, you know, I could have been mishearing that. Um, but, 
but yeah, it sounded just like I like the phone was actually playing out loud, but it was in my ears, not on, not coming from the phone. So it was it was weird. So that was that was the only way that I've actually actually heard the spatial audio working is is in that. So it's something for you to try and see yeah. if that if you have the same experience. Is it um, is it app agnostic or does the app have to take advantage of that feature? for it to it, it was my understanding that it's app agnostic okay. but um but if the app does not provide well that that feature should be app agnostic um but if it does truly offer like a 5.1 surround and that's that's the intent it's supposed to do that then um then it should, then that's probably going to be app specific because it's going to depend on the audio that it's offering. Yeah. That Cause I don't think it's going to take, I don't think it's going to take stereo sound and turn it into 5.1 surround sound. Yeah. So, which technically it's not 5.1 surround sound because how are they going to simulate the, the subwoofer, but, but a five speaker system. So cool. I shall, I shall try and report back. So how you liking your Apple Watch? I love it, man. I really do. Um, the battery life is incredible. It it charges pretty quickly. Um, it's you know I can control my HomeKit scenes from my wrist, which is convenient. You know, um, I just I really enjoy it. And you came from the uh, Series Zero. That was the last one you had? Yeah, but that, you know, that thing broke, died yeah. two years ago. So I, I haven't had, I've just had normal watches, you know, for the but last. The, the, the reason I bring that up is, you know, my experience, because I went right from the Series 0 to the Series 4. Uh-huh. And my experience doing that, it was it was like you, you I actually had like a kind of janky you know, Casio watch to actually something <laughs> that worked really well. Um, you know, that, that series zero, I don't, I don't know what they, what they were doing with that one, but it, it was, it was good for when it came out, but compared to what's available now, it's garbage. Oh, like well, it just, yeah. But I mean, yeah. that was, it was an, it was a giant experiment because they mm-hmm. thought the watch was going to be one thing and it turned out to be a completely different thing in the way that people use it and the way that watch os has trended is clear that what mm-hmm. they were aiming for originally missed the mark and now it's it's much more about you know health and fitness and activity and then just like glanceable information and notifications it's not something that people are going to interact with like they do their phones yeah so what's surprised you the most um what has surprised me the most? Just, I think the ease of use. Like, again, that Series Zero, like, everything was slow. Uh, it, it wasn't, you know, super responsive. And, you know, it was Gen 1, so it was essentially a, a public beta, right? Um, but, yeah. yeah, just how quick it is, how responsive it is. I like the, the always-on display. That's nice. Um yeah, it's just it's just really easy to use. And I have, uh, you know, a couple watch faces for different scenarios, which is always nice to flip back and forth between. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just it's just it does its job and then it gets out of the way. And I appreciate that. 
So what's your favorite watch face? Oh, I don't even know what it's called. Hold on. Let me check. <laughs> it was on its charger. So let me punch in my secret code here. Um, the one that I use the most is the uh, infograph face. Mm-hmm. I do like that one a lot. And I've got um, the corner widgets. I've got carrot. I've got my um, activity rings. I've got the heart rate monitor. I've got the workouts. And then the ones in the middle, I've got um, Fantastical, um, Events, HomeKit, OmniFocus, and then just the date, which is, I think, pretty standard. So that's like so, all the information. Mm-hmm. So I I should change that one. But um, yeah, I've got Kara Weather on mine. I actually started doing some intermittent fasting. So I've been using zero for that. And I have that on my watch face. I really like that some of the um, some of the analog faces give you the digital clock that you can put at the top. Uh, have you discovered that? Uh, no. So that so in the infograph face and I think in the California face. And the Meridian face and there's a few others, too. That top center widget, or top center widget, the top center complication, um, you can select a digital clock to put in there. Because I'm, I'm admittedly, I'm not that great and not not real fluent with uh, with reading the time on an analog watch. So having that digital uh, digital option in there, I love the look of an analog watch, but to have that digital option in there uh, works really nice. Yeah. I, uh, I, my other one that I use the most too is the Meridian one. And I, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I really enjoy that yeah. as well. So as I talked about on a, on a past episode, I like having watch faces for my days off and watch faces for my, my days of work. Um, because it just helps my brain differentiate between the two and actually be able to relax and not think about work. Infograph, the infograph face is my most common one for work. I also use, I'm not sure what the name of this one is, but uh, I needed one that had a larger widget, had the large widget in it, or large, I mean, this would, I got widgets on on the brain, uh, the large complication. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what the name of that one is. Um, the modular compact that has, uh, there's like two small widgets and the, dang it, I'm going to do this through the whole episode. <laughs> Two small complications and then the large complication at the bottom, because really all I all I need at some points during my work is a a timer for because I use it for um, when I go on lunch, I'll set a, a 30 minute timer so that I come back on time. I don't have to think about it then. And then I also use the workout uh, option while we're unloading trucks. And then uh, to when I'm also unloading trucks, I, I I play music for the team as we're we're um, unloading, and I like to have the now playing widget. Uh, dang it, complication. <laughs> <sighs> Thanks for the sad trombone. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel better. Um, but I do have a stripes one that I like. Um, and that's only analog. So I'll use that too. And, and a California one. So I kind of switch around between them. I've been 
I've been liking the California watch face a lot lately. So I haven't tried that one out yet. So multicolor in the infograph face, or do you like a specific color? Uh, for infograph, I have it uh, set to spearmint. Hmm. That's an interesting choice. I enjoy it. Yeah. But the Meridian, I have the multicolor one just to change it up. Yeah, I use the multicolor one for the infograph. And I bet you if I went to like just a single color, it might be a little easier to read. But one of the reasons that I don't use the infograph one all the time is it just feels like it's throwing a lot of information at me. Yeah, the, the information density is uh, very high. Yeah. So the Meridian face is nice for that. So if you kind of get sick of it, the, it's similar enough that it uh, it doesn't throw you too much, but it also cuts down on the number of uh, of complications that are <laughs> that are on there. So, <laughs> thank you for your terrible sound effects. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to be really uh, running through some stuff today because I don't want to do a three hour episode of the show, um, but we do have a lot of stuff. We got a densely packed show today. Of course, Apple had an event on Tuesday. Uh, I know that you and I have both watched the event. What was your general feeling about how uh, the event itself? Um, I thought it was the best and highest production quality for any event they've done so far. Um, the The transitions from and to the mini sets and all of that sort of stuff were really, really cool, I thought. And I just, the first one they did, uh, WWDC, felt mm -hmm. uh I, it felt like they didn't really have a full grasp on how to handle what they were trying to do they still did some cool stuff but there was parts of it that felt kind of clunky and then you know the september event was better but i thought the production quality in this one was incredible yeah i would not have an issue if they continued doing their events like this yeah and i don't think That's... they would either because they can you know what i mean like it's not live so they can perfect yeah. it if you want you know right the only issue i have with this style of event is man they move fast yes yeah. some sometimes it was nice with the with the stagecraft um that they would actually kind of go through things a little bit more slowly and give time for processing um but i find myself kind of going back and saying did they say this and then having to go back and look and or read an article on it or something like that to try and get clarification on it um, like the the much maligned Verizon thing that that everybody is freaking out about. <laughs> um, I didn't I actually didn't didn't think it was terrible that that uh, Hans came on stage and gave a presentation about uh, Verizon. Um, they had they've done stuff like that in the past with AT&T when when they first came out with the iPhone. And mm -hmm. I think with with 5G, 5G is such a nuanced technology that um to have somebody come up and kind of give a little bit of an explanation, which I still think he failed in a couple of small areas. And we'll talk about some of that a little bit later, but I didn't really hear them repeating Verizon 5g through the whole thing. And yet I hear I've heard a couple of other podcasts that are saying, Oh yeah, they just kept saying Verizon 5g. No, they, did, kept did saying, they? they kept saying 5g Verizon. Wasn't yeah. I thought they said, yeah, I thought it was 5g, but I don't remember them saying Verizon 5g. So maybe I need to go back and watch it but again. And no, they did beat the 5G horse to death multiple times. That was annoying, yeah. but yeah. 
So the HomePod Mini, man, what do you think? Uh, I have it marked on my calendar to order on the 6th. It looks really cool. I didn't realize how small it is. It's like three and a half inches by three and a half inches. It's it's tiny. Someone said it's like maybe of the size of a softball. Yeah. And I I, I mean, I, it looked small, but just having the mm-hmm. dimensions is like, oh, yeah, that's that's like a big orange. Yeah. And I, and I think the power of the HomePod is really going to be, ha- I think, is really going to be having multiple HomePods around the house. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm ordering three. No. Awesome. One for the bedroom, so, one for the kitchen, and one for the living room. You know, if, if you were ordering three of those, you can get one regular HomePod for three of the small HomePods. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> so. so let's talk about the price, actually. before. So they started, they started yeah. showing the HomePod, and... Immediately, I was like, "Oh, it's going to be one ninety nine. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be one ninety nine. That's that's the that's the least it will be. And they're not going to charge. Not- they're not going to charge over two hundred for it. Like, it's going to be one. I was just, I was convinced. Mm-hmm. And then when they dropped the price, oh, and it's ninety nine dollars. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought. See, I thought how many of those they, can I? Afford? I thought it was a typo. I was like, you're missing. You're missing the the one for the one ninety nine mm-hmm. price. But no, they're ninety nine bucks, which I am shocked. That is ninety nine dollars. Yeah, that's a that's a great price on that. I would say it's equivalent to the um, Amazon Echo. I mean, the, the price is the same. I think there you may have some more features, uh, just audio wise, on the uh, on the HomePod Mini. Which, how long does it take before this becomes the HomePod? I know I know they're they're positioning it as a HomePod mini, but I really don't think that they're going to continue with the uh, with the regular HomePod. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's possible that they they, you know, revamp the HomePod and I don't. But I, here's what I here's what I don't know is what what do you add to the HomePod to make it to justify the price? Right. When you can get the mini for $99. Now, obviously larger speakers, you know, lend themselves to greater sound, um, quality and, um, diversity, right? Like you can only get so much bass out of small speakers, you know, right. so you can get a higher dynamic range audio from, from larger speakers. Um, you know, cause physics is still a thing, but I, I don't know feature wise what they can do to the home pod to make it, so good that someone would be willing to shell out what we're saying 350 for it yeah i think it's i think it's at 299 right okay still you can get three homepod minis for that so yeah i don't know i know what they put on that is a uh is a screen Uh, i mean could they yeah I just I don't know if they're going to though. Okay, so where on the website would the HomePod be? There's no tab for that. All right, searching. Now I forgot what question I was trying to answer here. Oh, the price of the original. Yes. <sighs> HomePod. See all models. Yeah, two ninety nine right now. Yeah, no thanks. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of a lot of money for a for a uh, 
a speaker. Yeah, because you can get a Sonos One for one ninety nine, mm-hmm. and that's an expensive speaker, and it sounds amazing. And that's a hundred dollars less than the HomePod. My thought: they take the original HomePod, they bring the price down to one ninety nine. They pull back on a bunch of the audio features that are in the original HomePod um, to something more like the HomePod Mini, and then they throw a screen on it so that if you're in the kitchen and you want to ask Siri how to make something, you know, they can pop a pop something up on the screen. If you want to ask for a video, it can pop a little video up. You know, I I when the amazon show i think it is right with the screen on it yeah when when that came out i thought well that's ridiculous why would anybody (laughs) want a screen on that but but you know what amazon has taken really a lot of advantage of that and uh and it's actually a pretty popular product so i think that's the direction that they should go with that we shall see we shall i don't think they're gonna put a screen on it so we'll uh, we'll wait and see what happens, and then one of us will be right. right, and one of us will be wrong. Intercom's a pretty cool feature. Yeah, and I think. Sorry, go ahead. No, I I think it's cool. It's just like for my, you know, for me personally, it's not super helpful because right. you know I live by myself half the week, and then I have my daughter the other half of the week. She's three. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have an iPhone or an iPad or AirPods that, you know, and my house is like 800 square feet. It's t- it's a glorified apartment. Uh, yeah. You know, it's tiny. So I don't need intercom when I can just talk and everyone and she can hear me wherever she is <laughs> in the house. You know what I mean? But <laughs> right. I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a really either convenient or annoying feature. Like I can imagine yeah. like the 12 year old boy just abusing the crap out of it and like forcing his family mm-hmm. to turn it off because he keeps interrupting everyone. Yeah. And I mean, for, for my house, you know, if we had one on every floor, cause essentially, you know, it's a two floor, I think we have about 2000 square feet, something like that, maybe a little bit more than that. And if we had one up in the bedroom, one downstairs in the living area, and then I had one down in the studio down here with me, then, then we could, we could use that intercom throughout, but yeah. I think one of the cool features is they didn't stop there. Um, it will go to the phones. It will go to CarPlay. Yeah. Um, well, no, it'll, it'll do. It'll do iPhones, iPads, and AirPods. Um, mm-hmm. You can send directions to CarPlay, but I don't think intercom works with CarPlay. Intercom works with CarPlay too. What? If you if you go back and watch that, yeah. So. I, th- I think it works similar to the way it works on the phone where you have to grant it permission to um, speak. So it'll give you a notification and you'll hit the notification and then you'll hear the recorded message. Um, I don't think it, if you're on, in the car driving and the CarPlay, if it kicks up on the CarPlay, I think it's going to be very similar to that where you have to hit a button on the, on the CarPlay and then it will, will play. But mm. I like the AirPod. I like the AirPods feature too because you know my wife and I both, you know, and she doesn't have AirPods Pro yet. But uh, well, we're going to solve that issue at some point. But um, but with with her, you know, saying hey, dinner's ready, and I'm down in the studio down here, she doesn't have to yell down the stairs. You know, she can she can just say you know Siri, tell tell Mitch or you know whatever the incantation you have to say, I'm not re- really even sure about that. Um, dinner's ready. And then, you know, my, 
my uh, HomePod mini down here will alert me of that or, you know, whatever. So, but I like it. Um, the one thing I thought of after uh, the presentation was that, you know, there's other features that kind of do something similar to that right now, though. You know, if I'm in the car and I'm um, driving and my wife texts me, I can hit a button on the on CarPlay and it will read the text to me. Yeah. So that and I think you can that'll probably work with like a voice message if you wanted to record a voice message in messages as well. So it's not that much different from that. Well, from what I understand. In a one to one. Yeah. There's also like the walkie talkie feature on the Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that I can say to intercom, send a message to, you know, my daughter's bedroom. Or I can say, send a message to, you know, this person's car. Or I can say, send a message to everybody, and it will hit everybody at once. It's, it, it, it lessens the overhead of, you know, having a group chat for them, you know, and like all of that sort of stuff. It's just, it's that you're walking out the door, like in the example, hey, uh, you know, hey, lady in the in the can, tell everyone I'm getting in the car, we're leaving, let's go. And it went to the AirPods, it went to all the HomePods, it went to the iPad, and so it, I think it just removes a layer of, of difficulty in interaction of just saying in that situation, hit every device and say, I'm getting in the car. It's time to go, which, yeah. you know, is super, but like, yeah, in, in your situation where, you know, it's just you and your wife, a text message oftentimes will suffice or with me and my daughter, it's mm-hmm. just, you know, a human to human conversation. <laughs> like, Hey, let's go get your yeah. coat on. We got it. We got to go. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, I the the response I usually get from doing something like that is, would you stop being creepy? <laughs> so, my wife's not a big fan of uh, of the electronics in our house telling her what to do. So. <laughs> Even if it's in my voice, she you know. So, all right. Um, you know, you can, you can stack two for stereo. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can sync them throughout the house. You know, there's some, there's some cool features there. I think my wife would enjoy that. Yeah. Uh, it can recognize different voices. So yes, I thought that was cool too. Yeah. So it'll, it'll give you, you know, like if you ask for your calendar and she asks for hers, you'll get, you know, different responses. There's uh personalized mm-hmm. daily updates. So you can have a personal, you can have a customized daily update and she can. So like if mm-hmm. you want the weather and the news and she just wants the weather, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. All right. No, I like it. And I thought the way that they presented the HomePod with the, what's kind of, kind of being called the dollhouse, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. yeah. Just the visual of it was cool. I'd like to see a lot more of that. You can also run shortcuts from them, of course, because, you know, it's mm-hmm. got Siri built in. So that's, of course, makes me happy. Yeah, I need to need to learn shortcuts, but you know, time. It's a wonderful world, Mitch. Yeah, it is. My wife has asked me a couple of times about uh, shortcuts because she wants to learn how to do it too. So you I'll can to... you can go as shallow or deep with them as you care to. There's there's some yeah. that I've seen that have hundreds of steps, and others that just have one. So. Yeah, the uh, Feder- Federico. Uh, yeah, he does some great uh, shortcuts. <laughs> Was he talking about one that had like two thousand or two hundred steps or something uh-huh. that it did? Good grief! All right, well, five G. Um, I had to look this up because uh, a lot of uh, the information about five G, even in the presentation this week, was not really well explained. 
you know, to say that, hey, this phone is 5G. What does that mean? Means they can charge so, you more for it. <laughs> that's part. Well, I don't even did. They did they're not charging more for this phone, though. Uh, that must they're be still charging eight hundred dollars for the normal iPhone 12. Oh, no, for sure. But I mean, is that more than last year? I don't know. Um, I know the um, the maxes are pretty much the same price as last year. But uh, but no. So I looked this up because um, I've heard some other podcasts talking about the differences in the 5G because there's really two main types of 5G. And in the show notes, you'll see a, uh, a link to emfexplained.info. And the the two different types of 5G. Now, I I have heard you've heard this term. Now, throw out AT and T's 5G because their 5 5G E that they offer is not really 5G. You know, not by definition. But the website that I went to, and I haven't heard them term it as 5G macro versus 5G small cell, but that's how they describe them. So 5G macro um, is is probably the closest to 4G LTE um, in the way it works. Um, It's faster, um, a little faster. And that they can put up a tower very similar to 4G, and it works over a wide area. Uh, That goes up to a 6 gigahertz uh, frequency. The 5G small cell, which is when they're talking about the the just incredible speeds that that you can get with 5G, they're talking about the 5G small, small cell, which is commonly referred to as millimeter wave. The problem is, and this this really does solve a lot of the speed and latency issues with with the uh, over the air signal or the cell signal, but it's very short range and it's impeded by obstructions. So because so it's such a high frequency, sight, you, you pretty much need line of sight. So this is going to work. You know, let's say Chicago or New York or Los Angeles, where you have a really high density of people, and they're in. You know they're out on the street using using it. They can put all these little nodes all over the place in uh, in those areas. And one other thing that it does really well, the small cell or the millimeter wave five G, is that it handles high traffic really well um, because there is so much bandwidth available. So that's what so those, they use the stadium as the example. Stadium is is a great example of that okay. because you have people that can have line of sight to the transmitters. Yeah, but uh, but when they talk about um, like when Hans was up uh, from Verizon talking about you know we're turning on our nationwide network. That's the macro five G. That's the uh, up to six gigahertz five G. That's that's not the super high speed five G. Gotcha. So. Um, he, you know, that's why when he was talking about it, he was talking, he talked for a while about, oh, we in stadiums and this and that, and you can get these all these huge speeds. And then there was almost kind of a break when he said, and we're turning on our nationwide network, like, like it was almost a separate thing. Mm -hmm. That's why he did that because, because there's two different types of 5g that he's talking about. Makes sense. So, so yeah, so interesting stuff. So is 5G going to be uh, this radical new thing for a lot of people? I don't think it's going to be, honestly. 
Yeah, my reaction to that whole presentation was, okay, whoop de doo Like, I just don't care. Yeah. Like, I, I, I LTE, have no is, problem with 4G whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. The the LTE is is providing everything I need and want, really. Yeah. I can watch a video on it, and it's just fine. There's, I don't want to play League of Legends while I'm out and about, <laughs> you know. That game does I, look pretty sick, though, doesn't it? It, it looks cool, but but uh, but I'm I'm not typically that kind of gamer. And, well, and, and on top of that, like, I, why, why do I want to play that on this tiny little screen where I can when I can go home and play it on my five or my uh, 5K iMac? Well, the, and the only reason they even had that in the keynote, that portion <laughs> of the League of Legends was because they're pushing this 5G thing so hard. If it was just an, if, yep. if this wasn't the release of 5G, that would not have been part of the right. League of Legends presentation, it would have been like, oh my gosh, look at the console level graphics and the, the refresh rate yep. and the amount of, you know, different shaders we can put on, you know, and all it, they would have yeah. just gone hardcore into the, um, the power. But oh, they, there was, there was one other reason though. They wanted to poke Epic a little bit. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I'm saying like it, it, if yep. it wasn't the 5G presentation, that would have never been there. You wouldn't have seen someone sitting on a park bench streaming, you know, the game over LTE. Yeah. Like, it just wouldn't have been part of the presentation. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. They they went with League of Legends absolutely because of the epic thing. You know, and I and I wouldn't have been super surprised if uh if they if they weren't in this, you know, if Epic hadn't have done what they'd done and they weren't in this fight that we would have seen Fortnite instead yeah. of League of Legends. So Oh cool. Um iPhone twelve. 6.1-inch screen, Super Retina XDR display. These names are getting ridiculous. Yeah. Super Retina XDR display with ceramic shield. Oh, come on, guys. Really? So I do kind of think that the ceramic shield thing is a a nice new step in the direction of really making this glass strong. Oh, I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking the feature. I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I just think the names they were given Super Retina XDR display like it sounds like a yeah. 5 year old made it up. Yeah. But no, it's it it does. It does get a little silly the way they uh they name these, but they're consistent from year to year at least. So <laughs> they they 14 Bionic, another another fun name. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Right? I I I'm gonna, powerful chip yeah you know improved cameras of course mm-hmm. that's the biggest yeah. selling point for most people uh, you know and i and i think that and i want to stop you on the camera for a second um i think that the the cameras are a really cool upgrade especially when you're looking at the the pro max with uh the pixel shifting and stuff like that we can talk a little bit more when we get to the pro max but I think the cameras on the on the 12s are a little less, maybe even a little bit underwhelming because of what they've done with the Pro and the Pro Max. But well, but there's your price difference. Yeah. So MagSafe. Yeah, I thought that was really funny that they brought that back, but well, on the, the iPhone and sure. not on the MacBooks. Yeah. I think, it's but cool. I like. I like the feature. I think this is going to be interesting to see what is done with it. Um, I think the stuff that Apple is offering is a good start. 
Um, I'm interested to see what third party third parties are going to do with it, and it should be fun. Yeah, I'm trying to like I'm I'm not a fan of a wallet on the phone. I've like and obviously plenty of people are. Um, like I don't I just don't get the whole phone and wallet being one thing. It always looked cumbersome to me. Um, mm-hmm. And while that little you know wallet pouch that clips on the back there looks nice, I just I I don't want my wallet attached to my phone. I just don't. Um, so I, I do like that charger that they showed where you can, because it's a magnet, your phone doesn't have to charge laying flat down. It can be propped up, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, but yeah, to your point, I am excited to see, or I shouldn't say excited. I'm interested in what third parties are going to do with the whole MagSafe thing. And I'm sure we'll get a slew of different charging, you know, s- solutions. And, um, you know, I'm sure there'll be magnetic pop sockets now and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So. And that, I, honestly, and I think the magnetic pop socket would be a big win for because there's a lot of people that like the idea of the pop socket but don't want it attached to their phone permanent, you know, permanently. Well, you can't, you can't, uh, can't wirelessly charge with it, huh? You can't uh, use a wireless charger if you've got that stuck on the back. Uh, there, I uh, know there is a wireless charger out there. I think that does work with pop sockets. I well, think. maybe one, but I right. can't use the one that I have. Well, there you go. But doing it magnetically would solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I just got distracted a little bit because I had a lady Asian beetle flying around in front of me in the studio. I've had I've had some bugs coming in as it's getting cold outside. Well, you shall. I don't know where it went. I smacked it, but I don't know where it went. <laughs> <clears throat> so I don't think I killed it, though. But anyway, uh, the fun. Um, so I really kind of feel like this is their them pushing towards a portless iPhone. Yeah, I mean, probably. Yeah. I think there's a story they can tell with that and with having, like, especially that MagSafe charger that they that they showed. Um, I, I think we've we've we're seeing where they're going with this because, you know, when they've laid out features like this in the past that have kind of pushed us a little bit you know, into other things that we might not have been super comfortable with. Well, and even more so, this is the year they stopped shipping the headphones as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if they're not shipping headphones that have a lightning adapter on them, they the next move can be, well, now we don't need a lightning adapter or a lightning right. port at all. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about some of the environmental stuff later or the environmental uh, presentation that was done. Because I've got a little bit of a beef, so but we'll talk about that a little, <laughs> a little bit. The iPhone 12 Mini, cool concept. I think it's cool. As a big guy with big hands, not so cool. Um, but I think this is going to be a really cool product for some people. Yeah. yeah, there are plenty of people that want a smaller phone. I don't. I never had it. I mean, okay. I've had an issue with uh, how big my phone is. I've got the uh, the 11 Pro Max. I've had an issue with that because I can't one hand the phone for everything, um, or I have to shift it up and down in my hand, which is kind kind of sucks. And I won't use a pop socket because I can't use my wireless charger, which that would probably solve some of the issues for me. But and maybe next year I'll be telling a whole different story with a magnetic pop socket on the back and stuff like that. But uh, but yeah. Um, 
the mini only uh, tempts me because of the just how easy it would be to use with one hand. But I think it would look like I have super huge hands if I was holding one in my hand right now. <laughs> just feel weird. But... I mean, I think it's cool that the, the only difference between it and the 12 is just the screen size. Otherwise, it's the exact same phone. So I like that I like that they're offering a smaller version for people that would prefer the smaller version, but they're not having to sacrifice any uh, power or technology or features um, to get the mm-hmm. smaller phone. So I, it just, you know, it's smaller, same exact everything, 100 bucks cheaper. Like, boom, let's yeah. go. I like it. And for the first time this year, really bumping up to the Pro is really just getting you like the video recording and the better cameras and um, all of that kind of stuff. So even the parity between the 12 and the 12 Pro is actually um, better than it has been in the past. So you're not sacrificing the OLED screen. The OLED screens are on all of the devices now instead of just the Pro. So I'm digging that because I really like the OLED display. Um, yeah, but I mean, it, like to go back to the cameras, right? Because the Pro yeah. has the same two, the ultra wide and the wide, but it also has the telephoto. Like the That's true, the ultra wide is like ultra is not even a good enough word. It's stupid wide. Like it is, it's right. a thirteen millimeter focal equivalent. Thirteen millimeters is like fisheye level of wide. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a hundred and twenty degree field of view. That's ridiculous. And it doesn't fisheye. I know it's it's whatever processing they're doing in there to to clean up that image is mm-hmm. amazing. And I like on the telephoto lens on the pro, it's it's f two point oh, so you can still get crazy shallow depth of field if you want it. Obviously, you don't have mm-hmm. to, um, but you can. And then the the wide is what a one point six aperture, and the ultra wide is two point. Like they're all they all have the possibility for incredibly shallow depth of field, um, which in certain situations is great and in certain situations is not great, but you, you know, with your camera app can change the aperture um, depending on which camera app you're using. Um, the all telephoto is a 52 millimeter focal length, which is actually like, that's not telephoto. That's like a normal lens, like 35 to 50 is standard. Anything under 35 is wide. Anything really over 50, you start to get into telephoto, but 52, like, I know technically it's over 50, but no one's going to say that 52 is a telephoto lens. Uh, But there is 4X optical zoom, which is really impressive Mm -hmm. that it's not digital. Um, That they can do that in such a small lens is really nice. Um, Yeah, are they cooking the numbers there a little bit? Because I've heard heard on a couple of the podcasts now that that's including the wide uh, or the ultra wide. Yeah, they – so – well, yeah, so they – they switch the cameras intelligently. So I guess it's mm-hmm. less impressive that it's that they're switching the cameras and not doing it all in the same lens. So that's a good yeah. point. Good but it's technically up. still on the on the 12, 12 Pro, it's uh, still 2X and 2.5X on the, the Pro Max is what the telephoto lens does. Oh, okay. Um, but but if you include the ultra wide lens, that's where you're that's where you're essentially doubling those numbers. Makes that's what, that's what I've heard on a couple of the other podcasts, and and I and I trust what they're saying because they're camera people. So I'm a camera person. Uh, 
Which, by the way, that's why I said in the text earlier this week, I was interested to hear what you had to say about the camera because you're the camera guy on the show. Here, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I'm I'm interested to learn more about some of the the other features on the pro, like the Apple Pro Raw, the Dolby Vision HDR. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I I I know what HDR is, and I know what Raw is, obviously, but I I need to do more research on what that actually affords specifically with the Dolby vision and what Apple's mm-hmm. doing with pro raw. I, I took notes on it, but I need mm-hmm. to, I need to do some more research to actually wrap my head around what they're doing. Um, obviously it's, it's more detail. It's more dynamic range. It's, you know, higher clarity. It's like, it's better for, you know, obvious reasons, but I don't feel comfortable enough with the details to have a, a full grasp of, of what it actually is doing and why it's doing it. Yeah. Um, the LIDAR on the Pro Max. I, you know, I'm kind of split on this. There's a part of me that thinks that that sounds really cool. Um, it's a cool technology. I just like, how is it, how is it going to benefit me? Like, how am I going to use that? And I think the, the one comment I've heard um, made about this is the the LiDAR does significantly improve low light uh, portrait mode mm-hmm. because that's one of the major issues with portrait mode is that in, in low light, um, it can't see. It can't see the images properly to, uh, to, you, to give it the depth of field. But with the LiDAR, and that doesn't need light now. It it can it can see it without the light, so, but of course it'll prove AR and stuff like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know much about the sensor shift? No, I was looking at your notes, and then I looked at my notes, and I had nothing. I think at this point of watching the uh, keynote, I was like done. Like okay, I'm ready to go to bed. So I've heard two different things about the sensor shift. Um, the on the face of things, like what I what I understood about sensor shift was that it was for image stabilization. Like it would it would move much like the like they would use uh, optical image stabilization in in the cameras. Uh-huh. Like this was part of the Im- image stabilization. Um, Andy Anatko, I believe it was on MacBreak Weekly this last week, said that image stable or the sensor shift in a lot of cameras is actually designed to give you more pixel depth in a, in an image. So what it'll do is it will, it will real quickly when you take an image, it'll shift the pixels around, you know, up and down and to the left to get more pixel depth for the picture. You understand Hmm. what I'm saying? So it'll, take a picture, then it'll take another one from with the image, with the uh, sensor shifted over a little bit, then take another one with the M, the image that sensor shifted again. And it'll do that several times um, to give you more, instead of going to a 40 megapixel camera, that 12 megapixel camera can take more photos in there at different positions to give you a, a deeper, uh, more pixel depth in your picture. Interesting. If that's the way it works, that's really cool. Um, if it's just for image stabilization, then I'm like, eh, you know, it's okay, I guess. I guess, uh, yeah, that's another one I'm going to have to do some research on because that doesn't really make yeah. a whole lot of sense to me. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but because if, uh, if you're taking, if you're taking pictures, well, I guess you're just moving the sensor. But hmm, yeah, that doesn't make sense. I'll, I need, I need to read up on that. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, something will come out that'll uh, make that more make more sense. All right. Are you going well, to Are we ready to talk about the environmental stuff? Well, are you going to upgrade to the new phone? Uh, good question. Uh, no. <laughs> and so first off, are you going to upgrade? Uh, probably not. But they they said if you I'm on Verizon. So they said if you trade mm-hmm. in an iPhone 10 or later and get an iPhone 12, it's uh, 15 bucks a month. I'm like, right. I'm pretty sure I'm paying more than that a month for my iPhone 11. Yeah. But it's like, well, I, I don't need it. My phone's great. I don't need a new one. But I'm like, if I can get a brand new one and save 20 bucks a month, that seems like a good idea. So I just need to, I need to figure out what the actual trade-in thing is and see if I'm so, actually going to save money or not. So let's throw a re- little reality on this. <laughs> um, I think... I don't think that the prices are going to be that much different. Um, once you start looking at the m- more storage in the device and stuff like that, I mean, maybe at, at, at the 12 level, it will be, if I want to go to the pro max, I think I'm going to be paying the same amount. Yeah. Well, I'm just um, looking at it a normal 12. I don't need, Yeah. like if I want a telephoto lens, I'll get out my Canon EOS R and I'll shoot with a telephoto lens. Like I have a really nice 85 millimeter mm-hmm lens that's glorious i don't <laughs> i don't i don't need the camera on my iphone to be great i have a great camera now and this is my only camera so yeah it, for me having that that extra is really nice and that makes sense like it totally does mm-hmm. um so i might you know if i can if i can get the 12 and actually save a little bit of money a month it seems like a smart thing to do but and and I'll I'll be perfectly honest. My default setting for um, doing my upgrading is to do it every two years, and the and the reason for that is that once I have the phone paid off, it's my phone. Yeah. I can do with it what I want to. Where if uh, if I go to Verizon now and say, "Hey, I want to upgrade to the new phone," they're going to want this phone back. So I'm going to have to send this phone in and it'll basically be like a trade in with them. Yeah. But I'll get no intrinsic value to it for all the money that I've paid in for it. So if I hold on to this till next year, I'm still probably going to get a lot of the features that are that are available now and then some. Mm-hmm. And and I'll have, you know, the two or three hundred dollars that I'll get for the trade in or sell it to somebody for that amount of money. And now I have money for uh, a case or a um, any accessories that I might need to go with it. Um, that's typically how I how I trade in my phones is you know wait wait the two years and then I have cash to get other things that I might need for that phone or to cover the activation fee or anything like that. So makes sense. Yeah, I feel like it's a little bit more of a, a an intelligent like I shouldn't say intelligent. Um, it's a, it's a little better way to do it. Gosh, I don't want to use like smarter way or anything like that. Cause I don't want to fault anybody for wanting to get the new phone. But, uh, but it's one of those things where if I do hold on and I'm patient for another year, then I'm not stuck in the cycle of, Hey, I rented this phone for a year. Here you go. 
And now I'm now they give me another phone to rent for another year. And then I trade it in next year. And you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just I mean, I think it's a it's a what your priorities are, what your preferences mm-hmm. are, you know, and I getting the extra money at the end. That's a really you know, that's a that's a nice carrot to to, to use, you know, and, and mm-hmm. mine, you know, if, if I'm going to trade it in, which I, you know, I haven't decided is do I want that two or three hundred dollars in a year? Or do I want to save the 20 bucks a month now mm-hmm. and have that money each month that I can, you know, do something else with or put it in savings? So it's like to me, it's like I wouldn't upgrade just to upgrade. I've never like I had an iPhone 7 and then I got the 11. So like I'm cool with hanging onto a phone for a couple of years. Um, no sweat. I just thought, man, if I could if I could cut 20 bucks a month off my budget and get a new phone, that might be worth it. But I don't know. I haven't made up my mind yet. Yeah. No, I, I'm a hundred percent. I'm, well, I won't say a hundred percent. I'm 99%. No, I'm not going to do that this year. Yeah. You know, that if something came along and a deal I couldn't review, refuse came along, we could, I could save some money on the device that I was get, getting then maybe, but I don't think it's going to be any cheaper for me. Plus I'm going to have to pay an activation fee and I'm going to need a new case. And so there's some other, other, monetary things that i'm gonna have to deal with now to be able to to do that so yeah cool so i I really i I thought i think the new phones are really cool i don't want to don't want to sound like that but it's just you know i don't don't think this year is the year for us it's all good i don't know if it's the year for me either (laughs) then and i just i just bought a really nice computer and a new car and it's like "Mm, i need to stop yeah yeah maybe maybe pump the brakes but so the environmental message you know i i really appreciate that that apple is doing this and you know even though i might not you know, it might have qualms once in a while with some of the environmentalism that is out there. And not that I have it, like I don't believe that there's climate issues. But, uh, and if we want to talk about it some other time, I'll prepare for it. But it's not that I think that that's, a, that's an issue. Um, but I really have a problem with one little thing about this. And okay, take the take the ear pods out. I'm fine with that. No power adapter. I'm fine with that. Um, include the lightning cable in the box. Cool. You know, that way we have a way to charge. But I was all on board with them until they came back from the environmental um, segment. And the first thing she said when they came back to the iPhone was, we'll be including a USB to li- USB-C to lightning cable in the box. I'm like, what? And did you, you said you didn't catch that right away. No, I mean, I knew it was USB-C, but it didn't, I didn't have that reaction, but I hadn't considered what you're about to say. So, so let's just use my mom for an example. And I, and I even, I asked my, I asked my wife, like, Hey, do you know the difference between USB-C and you and the regular USB? Obviously, she probably wasn't going to know what I meant by USB-A, and she didn't. But uh, but I said, do you know the difference between the two? And she's like, uh, is one faster than the other? Something like that. I'm like, 
you know, my wife, I, I, I love her to death. She tends to be my, um, my thermometer as far as like, how do normal people hear this stuff? Um, but let's say my mom goes out and buys a new phone tomorrow and she's all excited. She's going to get this new phone. It's, it's a cool phone and she gets the, she gets it home and she's like, Oh, cool. I can, I'll grab this cord and I'll go plug it. Oh shoot. It doesn't fit. This is the wrong charger. You realize that Apple has only shipped the a USB-C charging brick with two phones the iPhone 11 Pro and the iPhone 11 Pro Max. And you know what phone most people bought last year? Most normal people? The 11. The 11, which came with a USB-A charger. So this this awesome thing that they're talking about, you know, saving the environment. We won't we don't need to ship a power adapter because you already have what you need. Well, technically they, they already do because they still have the USB-A to lightning it cord from their last phone that's true actually that would work so but the, the issue is is they're either shipping the the USB-C lightning cable to people that don't have a USB-C charger but also are like are coming from android and don't right. have a usba to lightning they've got the micro or mini us whatever i always forget which is the smaller micro or mini um no, it's, US, it's you know it's a Lightning is proprietary to Apple products. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think. But that's just another reason for my Android friends at work to say, oh, Apple's stupid. Yeah, well. You know, it, it, uh, it frustrates me. And, and, you know, I've heard this on other podcasts and I'll say it here. We don't criticize Apple because we hate Apple. We criticize Apple because we love Apple and we want them to make the right decisions. And this year has been a hallmark of like really questionable decisions. And this is a really questionable decision on my, on, in my viewpoint, what I expected from this is that the 12 and the 12 mini, were going to have a USB a to lightning cable with them, just like last year. And in that case, you know what, you know, for, for the normal folks out there, they wouldn't know the difference. They, they would be fine. Um, and then the pro and the pro max would come with the USB-C, which, you know, generally speaking, and I, and I don't know that this is across the board, but, uh, but a lot of your more tech savvy people are probably going to go swing towards the pros. Now you're, you're probably going to have some, some normal folks in there that'll have pros as well, but, but it's, it's one of those things where I just feel like this is a dumpster fire waiting to happen. And would I be surprised if there's a class action lawsuit taken out? Not terribly. You know, that might be a kind of an extreme, but they, they've <laughs> done think? it for less. <laughs> you know, good grief. Um, the class action lawsuit because of antenna gate. You know, yes, People, there was an issue, but. Yeah, I have. This is just another issue to deal with. I like I hear what you're saying. It it bothers me significantly less than it bothers you. So the when you said class action lawsuit, I was like, yikes, people need to calm down. But you know But you know lawyers are gonna get out of it. I this. know, it's because Apple has yeah. more money than, you know, anyone 
would know what to mm-hmm. do with. So why not go after them for some of it? Like that's, it's just all a money grab. Yeah. So that's my freak out. That's, that's the one thing that when I was watching the event, I was, I was like, I wanted to throw something at the, at the TV. Yeah. Because it just doesn't make any sense The the messaging was, and I think it maybe it bothers me more because the messaging is disconnected. You know, you have the messaging itself is, Hey, you have these chargers already. Hey, this is great. You don't need this charger. And then we're going to include a USB C in the box and wait a minute, if you're counting on the chargers that we just talked about to work with your new cable, yeah, they're not going to work. You're going to have to buy a new one. Or use your old cable. But if they don't have a cable. Yeah, I know. You know, or or they had the one cable from last year's model that's starting to fray or having issues with. Oh, you little <laughs> That That uh, Asian lady beetle just flew into my coffee. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, now Mitch is really going to get mad. Oh, my gosh. This is this is not going to be a good day. <laughs> Maybe now's a good time to talk about what's delighting you, Mitch. Oh, let's let's He's turn, let's turn this ship around a little jerk. <clears throat> All right. Anyway, I hope everybody had a good laugh about that, because that's really making me angry. <laughs> so what I am going to do is I'm going to put something over my coffee so I don't accidentally grab it and drink it. <clears throat> so did you want to did you want to just touch on the mac stories uh oh, review yeah, yeah. as well we have neither one of us has read it yet no but, but I've, I've read i've read like the last five uh over, mm-hmm. over the years and uh so MacStories.net is a website written uh by federico vitici and some of his uh friends um if you if you don't know about it you should go there uh as soon as the show is over and check it out because it's it is a treasure trove of incredibly well researched well thought out uh, and well presented um, articles tutorials app reviews um, they have a couple podcasts they do uh, it's it is probably my favorite website on the internet um, I just uh, the way that Federico and his team think the the thoroughness with which they conduct themselves um, their willingness to uh, to be uh, open about you know what their biases are going into a review uh, just it's it's just really 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 good and every year federico puts out um, an ios review that is beyond comprehensive uh, it includes uh, you know screenshot comparisons from you know the previous os to the new one uh, all the subtle nuances uh, he he spends the entire summer researching the beta, working with developers to get their feedbacks on the new like uh, um, uh, SDKs and uh, the d- different features, the inner workings of, you know, the widget system and, you know, AR kit and like all of the the stuff that, that developers know about because they are building apps for it. He's working with them. He's testing all the betas. Um, and this one's like 23 browser pages long like it's it is massive if you can join uh, max stories club and you can get like pdf or ebook versions of it there's built-in animations it's it's just it's the, the best way to learn about all of the features including the the hidden ones or the ones that haven't gotten screen time at events about mm-hmm. ios 14 and ipad os 14 and he is an ipad only guru so if, if that mm-hmm. at all is something that interests you, uh, 
read it. And it includes a ton of shortcuts. He's got an archive of shortcuts on his website that I think has over 300 shortcuts that you can download for free. Um, it's, I'm a huge fan and have been for like six or seven years. And uh, Federico was saying on Connected this last week that they had a, a, the, the guy that does all the computer graphics for mm-hmm. the review is actually like a Hollywood level, like, um, like 3d artist or 3d, you know, he, he does this stuff for a living. Oh, and well, he's that's really not surprising because the stuff that he does yeah. is really good. <laughs> it's, it's amazing work. Yeah. Uh, so if, if for no other reason, it's worth checking that out just for that. Yeah. And it's, it's maxstories.net and he'll have the review mm-hmm. pinned at the top for a while. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just, it's yeah, I'm an, really good work. I'm going to have to pay my five bucks and go download that stuff. He, he included a bunch of other stuff with it this year too. He's got uh, wallpapers and, mm-hmm. and, uh, there's a tips and tricks. Um, so if you don't want to read the whole review, there's there's actually he broke the review down into like 40 tips and tricks that you can uh, that you can look at and read. So there's some really, really neat stuff that he's doing with that. So. Yeah. And just to clarify, you don't need to be a member to read the review. You just need to be a right. member to get the downloads and the extras. You can you yeah. can go to the website and read the re- full review for free. Um, but if you appreciate it enough, you could throw Federico and the team five bucks and, and get the, uh, the extras if you want. Man, for all the the stuff that he's gone through this year, I'd throw him five bucks just just and not read the review. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the, the poor guy with the with the way that they've released uh, iOS fourteen this last year was just. I think his he was going about to like his head was about to explode. Yeah, well, um, Apple didn't do a, a but, nice thing to uh, developers and journalists by releasing it the day after the event. Yeah. But, but hey. Anyway. So you asked, what's delighting me? So um, I have worked in retail uh, for most of my adult life. And while I'm not in retail, I was, I was working in radio. And so... When COVID hit this year, man, retail changed. Like, there's so many things that have been different this year. And um, I can't really say who I work for because then I've got to give you the disclaimer that my opinions are my own and all this kind of garbage. And so I just, it's easier just not to say who I work for. But, uh, but I went to my store manager. Uh, a couple couple months ago, and I said, or maybe a month ago or a little more, and I said, hey, what do you think are the odds are since we're doing something really different with the Black Friday stuff this year? And because they're basically stretching it out from November, like early November through December instead of, you know, having a big Black Friday, you know, doorbuster event and all that kind of stuff. They're just like, we don't want everybody showing up here at once. So we're just going to spread it all out and we're not going to really do anything special for Black Friday. Yeah. Which I I hope they do this forever because Black Friday sucks. <laughs> I, I, I hate Black Friday. Makes sense. Not as much now that I work for who I work for because it's not quite as bad. But but uh, but man, when I was working in uh, electronic sales, people are terrible. Mm-hmm. I just the worst in humanity comes out on Black Friday. And uh, and I have suffered through enough Black Fridays without punching anybody <laughs> that uh, 
that I'm ready to have a Black Friday off. Well, I went I went to him and I says, you know, what what can what can we do? Can I can I get a vacation uh, over over the Black Friday week uh, or weekend? And he's like, well, he's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay, there's another factor to this that that uh, that I'll tell you tell the listeners about. My sister lives in Nashville, and my parents go down to visit down in Nashville every year for Thanksgiving. So my parents will do a thing where Thanksgiving is they go spend it with my sister and brother-in-law down in Nashville or just outside of Nashville in Gallatin. And then they'll come over by us for Easter. So I have, ever since they started doing this about 12 years ago, wanted to go down for Thanksgiving. And so I, I told my boss that, you know, and he, and he, he's not unfamiliar with this. I've been working with him for a long time and I actually worked very closely with him for a long time um, in another position that I was in. So he knows this about me. Like I, I wanted to get a Thanksgiving uh, off so that I could go uh, spend it down in Nashville with, with family. Well, so I went to him this year and I says, Hey, you know, what do you think? Can I do this this year? Uh, and he's like, well, I got to look into some things and figure things out. You know, I work in the receiving department, so he wanted to see if like freight was going to be really heavy like it normally is that part that time of the year. And we kind of concluded that, well, you know, maybe it's not going to be too bad because because of the way they're spreading everything out. So he gave me the OK. He approved my vacation for for that. So I'm taking off that Wednesday through Monday and I'm going down to Nashville and I'm super excited about it, especially now having the new car and having this being our first big road trip. <laughs> oh, that will be I'm fun, super yeah. excited about going down to going down for Thanksgiving. Nice. Well, that's exciting. So, yeah, yeah. I this hopefully it'll be a, a really fun weekend. And that is supposed to be a recording weekend for us. So we'll, we're going to need to uh, figure something out. We shall figure something out. We'll figure it out. Because I'll honestly probably be in Detroit anyways, seeing my family. Yeah, so maybe we'll uh, record a week early or whatever. All right. Well, what's delighting you, Cam? Uh, I took advantage of Prime Day, which I usually don't because it's often like a lot of crap I don't want or don't need. Um, and one of the uh, – so I got – I ordered three things. But I will tell you about two of them because the third one is just a SD card. So, you know, mm-hmm. ooh, very exciting. Um, one is I got a wall mount for my iPad 7th gen that I mounted on the wall next to my couch so that I can control. I can use it to control um, my home kit stuff. I can, you know, have my, my cameras up there. I can uh, play music from there to my uh, speaker system. Um that sort of stuff. So it's a, it is a purely like home control entertainment control device that is just uh, mounted to the wall. And I love it. It's awesome. Um, and then the other thing that I got is a Nespresso Breville coffee machine deal. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of those ones where like they have a bunch of different pods of different types of you, cause it can actually make you an espresso, a double espresso, like a five ounce pour, an eight ounce pour or a 14 ounce pour, depending on the pod that you use. Um, and so I got that and it's like, I'm, I'm fussy about my coffee. I was a barista on and off for like four and a half years. So I have a Chemex, I have two French presses, I have an AeroPress. Like 
I make my own cold brew. Um, I'm, I like fussy coffee, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just nice to press button and get coffee and you don't want to take 15 minutes or plan your cold brew 18 hours ahead. You just want to push a button and get a coffee. Um, and so this machine was 48% off and I was like, uh, done. Cause one of the cool things is like the pods that it comes with are aluminum and they're recyclable. And so when you, when you order pods, you can get a pre-labeled, um, U- UPS recycling bag for free that you just throw all of your used pods in, you drive it up to UPS, you send it back to Nespresso for free. They recycle the aluminum and they compost the coffee grounds for you. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, well, that that alleviates the annoyance of constantly throwing away a bunch of coffee pods, right? And just adding to the, the garbage. So I've had uh, an espresso, a double espresso in a seven ounce pour or eight ounce pour um, thus far. And it's been uh, very enjoyable to push button and get coffee. This morning? No, <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> no, over the past couple of days, I had a, I had an espresso uh this morning before we recorded and it was delicious yep. i've had maybe three cups of coffee and uh part of that went to a uh a bug so fun stuff indeed i just the the one thing i've always wanted was espresso at home and yeah. standalone like standard espresso machines that are actually worth owning are all very expensive um yeah so that's why I had a cheap Mr. Coffee years ago that was eh, it's okay, but not great. Yeah, this one actually gets you like the crema and the the little microphone. Uh it's oh it's so good. It yeah. is delighting me. Hmm. It tempts me, but uh I I've already spent too much money this year. I gotta get some of the stuff paid off. So. Yeah. But very cool. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us this week. I was really afraid that we were going to end up with like a three-hour show today, and uh, oh, we're yeah. we're we're about we we were pretty efficient getting through this show. Yeah, we blitzed through that stuff. Yeah. So, well, if you do have any questions for us or comments or anything that maybe you just want to tell us, we're a couple of dorks. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Mitch Craig. I am at Cam Brennan. So hit us up on Twitter and uh, we will, of course, uh, add that to a future show if you have comments uh, or questions. And if you would like to know more about us or just uh, get to our back catalog of shows, uh, you can check us out at innerdialogue.show. That's innerdialogue.show. And it does have nerd in the title, which I keep I, I, I find hilarious because uh, because we didn't plan it that way. It was a happy accident. Yes, and I've thought about revamping the uh, the cover art to just change the color of the, those four letters. <laughs> I don't know; it's kind of stupid, but it's funny. <laughs> so, but yeah, stupid and funny—that probably uh, explains a lot. Yeah, I think so, that's how people describe me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, same here. So. All right. Well, if you've got nothing else, I don't. Uh, We'll wrap up the show. Indeed. Farewell. Farewell, sir. Thank you for uh, another great podcast. You as well.